This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman, bringing clarity to Washington, D.C. news. We see corruption at every level in Washington, and it's in both parties. Exposing the deception plaguing our nation's capital. Not only what he told every Republican senator, but what he told the press over and over and over again was a simple lie. And helping Christians stay informed about government. Now, of course, this puts a bigger burden on voters to go figure out what's actually going on. Be sure to visit AFR.net or wherever you get your podcasts to hear past episodes. This is Exposing Washington with Walker Wildman on American Family Radio. Welcome to Exposing Washington. Glad to have you with us this Saturday. American Family Radio is the network. My name is Walker Wildman, and this show is called Exposing Washington. Check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net. The goal of the show is to expose the lies and the deception coming out of Washington, D.C., and bring you the news from a Christian perspective and bring you the truth going on, uh, bring you the truth of what's happening in Washington, D.C., you can always check out our website, AFR.net. More specifically, you can find my podcast there at AFR.net. Go to AFR.net, click on the podcast page, scroll down a little bit, and you'll see Exposing Washington. There you can listen to all the past shows, the past broadcasts there at AFR.net. You can always, uh, you can also download the American Family Radio app, And one thing I want to mention before we start the show is an important documentary that we have coming up that American Family Studios, a division of American Family Association, American Family Studios is releasing a documentary. We're actually today, this Saturday, we're releasing a a pre-screening, if you will, or a sneak peek of this documentary. But the documentary is... In His Image is the name of it, and it is about talking about and discussing God's design for human sexuality. And so we take four different testimonies, four different stories about how God took uh, broken people and transformed their life uh, by the by the power of, of the Holy Spirit. So In His Image is the name of the movie or the documentary, and today, if it's not too late, you can register at inhisimage.movie today, right now, to get uh, a special access to a sneak, pre- a sneak peek preview of the documentary, inhisimage.movie, inhisimage.movie. Enter your email address, click submit, and you will get a sneak peek access Today only to In His Image, a 20-minute sneak peek preview. And then later in the fall, we will uh, release the full documentary. But it's very powerful, very compelling, and we're exposing the truth about what's going on in our country, what's going on in our culture when it comes to human sexuality. And we're drawing everything back to Genesis. We're drawing everything back to how God designed male and female. In his image.movie, go there, check it out. I'll post it on my podcast page 
at AFR.net. Transitioning into the news of the week, you know, President Trump put out this uh, very provocative tweet this week talking about how uh, it may be a good idea to delay the election because of voter fraud and and what we're calling cheat by mail or mail-in voting. And so President Trump puts out a tweet about voting by mail and how it's, the election's going to be rigged and there's going to be rampant fraud, which I agree with. And then he ends it by saying, delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote, question mark. The whole or the entire tweet, I'll just go ahead and read that in all fairness. President Trump put out a tweet, 7.46 a.m. July 30th, this past Thursday morning. With universal mail-in voting, this is President Trump's tweet, with universal mail-in voting, 2020 will be the most inaccurate and fraudulent election in history. It will be a great embarrassment to the USA. Delay the election. Delay the election until people can properly, securely, and safely vote? Question mark. And it goes without saying, but I'll say it nonetheless. Delaying the election is a horrible idea. Delaying the election is a horrible idea. Never have we, I don't believe we've ever as a country, delayed the election. We, we have voted during the Civil War. We've voted as a country through other wars. And so delaying the election is a no-go. Now, do I think President Trump is serious here? Probably not. Does he really want to move the election? Probably. I sure hope not. I think what President Trump is doing here is he's trying to start a conversation. And how do you start a conversation better than putting out one of the most provocative tweets he's done here in a while about delaying the election? I don't think that's going to happen. It's actually not going to happen because that has to go through Congress. It's a horrible idea. We don't need to delay the election. But even if it was a legitimate topic, it would have to be, it would have to go through Congress and that's not going to happen. But it does bring up the topic about mail-in voting. And we're not talking absentee here. We're talking what I'm calling mass mail-in voting or bulk mail-in voting, where not just people who are maybe on vacation the week of election or out of the country the week of election or out of town the week of the election where you're legitimate you're literally not able to go cast a ballot in your local precinct the day of the election we're not talking about that we're talking about the state government which we've seen happen in Michigan and other states the state government sending out hundreds of thousands of ballots to eligible voters so that everyone can vote by mail. That's what we're talking about. And we already, as a country, deal with voter fraud at at rampant levels 
the last thing we need is to rely on the U.S. Postal Service for our votes. And you don't just have to listen to me. Let's play a short clip here. It's actually a, a pretty lengthy clip. It's about a minute and a half. But let's listen to a clip out of Philadelphia. This is a local news station did a report on what happens when you vote by mail. Clip three. Let's listen. If you know how to mail a letter, you already know how to mail in your vote. How you doing? Good, Thank you very much. But how long might it take for that vote to actually arrive and be counted? Oh, you're welcome. Have a good afternoon. We decided to test it, sending 100 mock ballots simulating 100 voters from locations all across Philadelphia to a P.O. box we set up to represent a local election office. A couple days later, we mailed 100 more using the same size envelopes and the same class of mail as real ballots here. To approximate the weight, we even folded mock votes into every one. In the following week, we checked our P.O. box for the results. Mail pickup notice, there's more. When we went to collect everything, though, Nothing? Most of our votes seem to be lost. That's all I have back there right now. You're short, huh? You're you're totally short. I believe you. All right, good. Okay, take care. We had to ask for a manager. We're trying to do something about mailing ballots. And explain ourselves before someone finally found our votes. We found somewhere else. Okay, thank you. One, two. We soon discovered another problem. Missorted mail. Two pieces of it. We got a birthday card from Mike to Ronnie. Have a sweet B-Day. Get it? There's a B on top. When the birthday greetings ended. 12, 13. We found a bigger issue. 21% of our votes hadn't materialized after four days. Well, there you have it. That's a local news station, a local news report, WRDW, in Philadelphia. And they did a simulation of what it would look like if you voted by mail. And they discovered at the end there, you heard, first, the post post office doesn't know they sent a hundred ballots in to begin with. The post the local post office can't find any of the one hundred ballots. So the so the reporter there has to ask for the manager, who then goes into some closet somewhere and digs up the ballots, and. Within the four-day window, only, well, only 79% of the ballots made it to the P.O. box, which means 21% of the ballots within a four-day window did not make it to the P.O. box. Well, guess what? Many of these states and local municipalities really the states, the Secretary of State offices, some of them are only recommending that you mail the ballot in within two to four business days or two to four days before the election. And so you've got various issues from your mail being missorted to the mail taking more than four days 21% of it taking more than four days. It's chaos. 
and there's no way to verify the vast majority of the votes. And so this idea that we're going to send ballots to all of America and they're just going to mail them in through the U.S. Postal Service and everything's going to go great and we're not going to have any fraud and nobody's ballot's going to get lost, that is in a dream world. This idea of mass vote by mail, or many are calling it cheat by mail, is the worst idea we've had in a while as a country. So I say we just stick to going to the ballot box at our local precinct and using our voter ID, our driver's license, or our state identification to cast a vote. That is the most secure way to ensure the Russians don't interfere in the election. Tongue-in-cheek. Moving on here to a few other topics, I want to talk about uh, what what we're doing now as a country when it comes to the coronavirus. I got to play a few clips here. We're going to talk about the coronavirus, how our government's handling it a little bit. But I want to play first. I want to play Dr. Fauci here, and this has this cannot go without playing. You know, Dr. Fauci is just Mister Doom and Gloom, is what I'm going to call him. Every time he does an interview, um, he talks about how bad our country is in, how bad of a shape our country is in, how this coronavirus is never going to end. There's no way to treat it. All we have to do is sit and wait on a vaccine while people die. On and on and on. And he loves to give his opinion about how everything should be shut down. We shouldn't go back to school, etc., etc. Well, let's listen to clip five here. This is Dr. Fauci talking about, well, how we might just need to wear goggles when we go out in public. Clip five. I think we're going to get to a point where eye protection is recommended. You know, it might. I mean, if you really want perfect protection of your mucosal surfaces, just for your, your, your audience, Jen, as you very well know, you have mucosa in the nose, mucosa in the mouth, but you also have mucosa in the eye. And that's one of the things that you know, theoretically, you should protect all the mucosal surfaces. So if you have goggles or an eye fa- or an eye shield, you should use it. I mean, uh, it's not universally recommended, but if you really want to be complete, you should probably use it if you can. Well, there you have it, folks. Time to start wearing goggles. Not only is the government going to make us wear a face mask, but they're also going to make us wear eye covering or goggles. I don't under I don't know how Dr. Fauci does not catch himself before he says dumb things like this. One of the leading doctors in our country, the leading epidemiologist from the National Institutes of Health, just recommended that Americans wear goggles when they leave their house. And people are taking this guy serious. And I almost have a theory here that Dr. Fauci is seeing how outlandish he can be before President Trump fires him. Because wouldn't that be a big scandal that the Democrats would love if President Trump fired Dr. Fauci? He would probably, the Democrats would probably try to impeach 
President Trump if he fired Dr. Fauci because they try to impeach him for pretty much everything else. But Dr. Fauci there making an absolute fool of himself saying that Americans, oh, well, they just may need to wear goggles to protect themselves against the coronavirus. This is absolutely absurd. They're doing a horrible job selling the whole mask wearing, but good luck getting me to wear dumb goggles to protect myself from the coronavirus. Moving on to another clip where Dr. Fauci just can't seem to get it right. Let's play clip one. This is Jim Jordan from Ohio, Representative Jim Jordan, asking Dr. Fauci what he thinks about the hundreds of thousands of people that are protesting and burning down our streets. Clip one, let's listen. Dr. Fauci, do protests increase the spread of the virus? Do protests increase the spread of the virus? Uh, I think I can make a general statement. Well, half a million protesters on June 6th alone, yeah. I'm just asking, that number of no. people, does yeah. it increase the spread of the virus? Cra crowding together, particularly when you're not wearing a mask, contributes to the spread of the virus. Should we limit the protesting? I, I'm not sure what you mean, should, how do we say limit the protesting? Should government limit the protesting? I, I, I don't think that's relevant to... Well, you just said if it increases the spread of the virus, I'm just asking, should we limit it? Well, I'm, I'm not in a position to determine what the government can do in a forceful way. Well, you make all kinds of recommendations. You, no. you make comments on dating, on baseball, on everything no. you can imagine. I'm just asking, you just said it, yeah. that protests increase the spread. No. I'm just asking you, should we try to limit the protests? No, I think I would leave that to people who have more of an, a, a position to do that. Yeah, well, there you have it. That is the, that is Dr. Fauci with uh, Jim Jordan in a congressional hearing in Washington, D.C. this past week. And Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci was asked point blank, a pretty simple question, talking about the protests we've seen. And, and protest is really a generous term. Many of it has been rioting and looting. There have been some legitimate protesters that have been pretty civil, but much of it has been rioting and looting. And so Jim Jordan, Jim Jordan asked Dr. Fauci, pretty simple, would you recommend that the government shut down these protesters? Now, the question is a little bit cynical because we have a First Amendment right to peaceably assemble and, 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 redre and, and a redress of grievances and free speech. You, you get the idea, the First Amendment. So technically, as long as you're being peaceful, people should be allowed to protest no matter which side of the political spectrum they're on. It's America. But you notice Dr. Fauci there was hesitant to say, to recommend that people not gather in large groups and protest like that. And I think one of the reasons that he was hesitant is because he didn't want to come off as being against the rioters and looters in groups like Antifa. And so instead, he tries to bounce around the question and it's not as if, it's not as if Dr. Fauci doesn't want to give his opinion because remember, he'll give his opinion on anything. We should wear goggles. We should all wear masks. We should all stay at home. And he's given his opinion on whether we should start baseball season. Should we go back to school? So Dr. Fauci is, is not shy on giving his opinion, but when it comes to talking negatively about the rioters and looters, well... He says, I'm just not in a position to talk about that. 
and so he conveniently sidesteps that topic. I want to talk about clip four here. Uh, this is this is the CDC director. Now, this is a, coming from a different angle. This is a different story, but it has to do with the effect of keeping schools closed down during this season, during the fall here, when typically schools across the country are beginning to open. And this is the CDC director, Dr. Dr. Redfield, talking about the serious health consequences to leaving schools shut down. Specifically, we're talking suicide and drug overdoses. Let's listen to clip four. But there has been another cost that we've seen, particularly in high schools. Uh, we're seeing, uh, sadly, far greater suicides now than we are deaths from COVID. We're seeing far greater deaths from drug overdose uh, that are above excess than what we had as background than we are seeing deaths from COVID. So this is why I came coming back for the overall social being of the, of the individuals. Well, there you have it. That's the CDC director talking about a very serious uh, topic. So we transitioned from Dr. Fauci really making a fool of himself, but now we're talking a more serious topic. We're talking about the CDC director testifying on Capitol Hill, talking about how he has seen, how the CDC and across the country we've seen a severe uptick in suicides. These are by teenagers, by school school kids, our school-age people, seen a severe uptick in suicides and overdoses, drug overdoses. He also got into, while he was talking there, about how a lot of uh, abuse that is typically reported or found out about at school, abuse that whether it goes on at home or other places, a lot of this abuse is not being reported because the kids aren't going to school to have an opportunity to report it or to have, uh, you know, a teacher or a principal or someone notice that something is not right. And then you, you talk about how many kids across the country get their food. Their, mainly their, their main source of food is during the school year is from the school. And so the, the, the consequences of leaving schools closed, the consequences are great there. And the CDC director there is talking about it. And multiple other studies have talked about why uh, we need to open schools for the health and well-being of children. And let's, let's remind ourselves that the studies thus far have shown that children really don't struggle as much with coronavirus. Do they, do they get it? Can they get it? Sure, absolutely. Everybody can get it. But are they, are they struggling with it? Is it hitting them as hard? No, it's not. And we cited the studies last week. I want to bounce back to the vote by mail, or as, as many are calling it, cheat by mail. Stephen Miller, the White House, a White House senior advisor, was on Fox and Friends this past week. And Stephen Miller was talking about, the, the, he, he's talking about the, the extreme loopholes and the extreme fraud that happens with vote by mail. So I want to run this by you one more time. Clip two. Let's listen. So as you correctly noted, the president yesterday brought the whole nation's attention to the catastrophic problem of universal mail-in ballots. Here's a shocking thing for your audience to consider. Nobody who mails in a ballot has their identity confirmed. Nobody checks to see if they're even a U.S. citizen. 
Think about that. Any, any foreign national, talk about foreign election interference, can mail in a ballot and nobody even verifies if they're a citizen of the United States of America. Could now this would be happening on a scale of potentially millions of people. In fact, in the Democrats' HEROES Act, the, the bill that was supposed to be for coronavirus relief, they actually have a provision in there barring voter identification as part of any mail-in balloting. That is insane. Well, there you have it, Stephen Miller calling it insane, what the Democrats are trying to do, what they're trying to put in some of this legislation. Another topic I want to talk about just for a few minutes here is many of these, what, what, what the group is now called America's Frontline Doctors, and many of you saw this this past week. It really went viral. But a group of doctors that have been treating coronavirus patients for the past five to six months a group of them went to Capitol Hill to have what they called a white coat summit talking about how America should be treating COVID patients. And they did a press conference in front of the Supreme Court, and then they had a summit on Capitol Hill and met with congressmen and senators, etc. Well, this video, it's just a simple video of a news conference about doctors explaining how they've been treating COVID patients and what their opinion is when it comes to hydroxychloroquine and other medicines, other treatments. And within hours, we saw Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and many others, many other big tech platforms completely remove the video. Twitter went, went even as far to block Donald Trump, the president, and his son, Donald Trump Jr., for 24 hours. B simply because they retweeted a video of doctors giving their opinion about how we should be treating coronavirus patients. And to me, this even further proves and further shows that there are some legitimate ways to treat coronavirus patients other than doing nothing, which is what some doctors are recommending is basically doing nothing co for COVID patients. And then you have these frontline doctors that held this press conference and they're talking about hydroxychloroquine, they're talking about zinc, they're talking about some steroids, they're talking about various things that they're trying successfully, that they're doing successfully with COVID patients and big tech censors it, doesn't even censor it, they just pull it down. And I think one of the main reasons that we're seeing this level of purging when it comes to alternative opinions on coronavirus is because the media, the Democrats, Hollywood, and the liberals do not want this crisis to go away. They want it to continue so they can continue blaming President Trump. Exposing Washington American Family Radio, check out our website, AFR.net, AFR.net, and we'll be back next week. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.